it is week 13 of the NFL season. What better time to start an NFL preview show podcast than now pro football Ireland. Michael McQuaid, uh, Mark Hogan, Michaela Fagan joined here today for week 13 of the NFL season. If you're watching this, a warm, warm welcome. You can watch us on Twitter and on YouTube as well. Check out reels or clips on Instagram or TikTok. Just search NFL Ireland as a username or type in pro football Ireland. But you know, if you're listening on the podcast, a warm, warm welcome. Uh, first off, Mark, how, how are you feeling ahead of week 13 of the season, man? Feeling good? Oh, it's a savage side of games. What did I see earlier on? That six teams with winning records are going to be facing off. It's like what we've been dreaming about for weeks now. It's like all the, I suppose, the top teams are playing. Like, if you quickly run through, it's like... Okay, Buffalo at New England. Let's see what Buffalo is like with that New England defense. Um, we're going to get the replay of the Packers going to Chicago where Aaron Rodgers made that comment about owning them last year. The Jets defense will match up against the Vikings offense, you know, strength versus strength. So, I mean, I, I think it's really exciting. And even the likes of Tennessee playing against Philadelphia, like it's going to at least chop up the wall card race a little bit. And we've been asking for these games to kind of like see what teams are like facing certain teams. And I suppose the headliner for me, is it the NFC East game of the Giants versus the Commanders, which is massive, massive, massive game. But then you also have the Chiefs playing the Bengals, which that's the one I'm watching. At least they're uh, 6 o'clock and uh, the 9.05 game. Michaela, a warm welcome to you as well, part of this Pro Football Ireland family. Uh, warm, warm welcome. You're, look, for people listening for the first time, I, I, I'm a Tyrone man, Mark's a Kildare man, and apparently you're from Dublin. Is this, is this true? Of course it's true. Can you not hear it in the accent? Like a, it's not yeah. very heavy North accent, but it's a, it's a North Dublin accent. You can miss it. <laughs> Here, uh, we were saying in the last podcast, you know, this is really it's it's a big week. Like, I I think sometimes you can take like week seven to week ten of the season and talk about each week as being like moving weeks in the league, but this seems like the sort of week where if you're going to start making a run, you need to start making a run now. The 49ers, I'm actually kind of surprised that because like they don't have a bad record and like they're going up against the Dolphins, but I think like I think this game coming up for the Bills and the Dolphins are very important because like. I checked today and I was like, wait, the Bills aren't the top of their their group. It's the Dolphins. Like, what? Like, you, you automatically think the Bills are going to top that group and then they're, like, automatically probably going to be, like, maybe the second seed after the Chiefs in the AFC. Uh, so, like, it's an important week. It's even, I think, an important week for the Eagles, um, my Eagles, because they're playing the Titans. The Titans are 7-4. and four. Um, you know, I think it's going to be a very kind of rush heavy. Obviously, Jalen likes running with the ball. I think Miles Sanders is coming along great. I love Sanders. Um, and then obviously we're up against like Derrick Henry. So I think it's going to be like a very run heavy game. Um, and then I think uh, our rookie Jordan Davis as well. My he's he's back at practice. I'm not sure if he'll play that game now, but that's great for us because we have him and we have Dominic and like Sue as well. So like we're just kind of just like hitting it out of the park at all these positions but uh yeah it's i think it's definitely very important it's gonna be a very important sunday for the dolphins and the bills see who can win that race for the top spot 
Yeah, ab- absolutely. We are recording this uh, preview broadcast podcast, whatever you want to call it, prior to Thursday Night Football. Thursday Night Football this week is the Patriots hosting the Bills. And obviously, you got that other big situation in the AFC East and Sunday with a big slate of games. Bit of a different layout for this show. This is our first time doing this. We are going to look at five or, six, five or six key topics going into the weekend. Uh, and obviously, sometimes, you know, as any Irish person can do, they, if you have the gift of the gab, you'll end up talking about something else. Maybe Mark will find a way to talk about Cliff Kingsbury at some point for no reason whatsoever. <laughs> no uh, but let's let's jump right into it. Um, should the Packers try their luck with Jordan Love this week? Is the Packers going up against the Bears? Aaron Rodgers, Mark, talked on the Pat McAfee show on Tuesday, I think it was, about how he said, with, well, I f- if I feel okay, if I'm ready to go, I'm going to play. But, you know, at, at, at what point in the season should the Packers just let Rodgers go on IR and actually give Jordan Love that opportunity to take his chance and show the Packers, not just the fans and not just the league, but the organization that he could be the future for this team. Surely if, and I get where I get what Aaron Rodgers is saying about the whole fact as well, if we still have a mathematical chance, we we can give it a go, but they have to win their next five games and hope for and still hope for favours. Like they're in the dire straits here. So if it isn't this week, when and what's your general thoughts, Mark, about this game in, in, in Green Bay or sorry, against Chicago this weekend? Yeah, no, look, straight off the bat, I don't think there's any point benching Aaron Rodgers. It's like you gave him the contract, you're going to have to sink a ton of dead money if he's gone rid of. Like, best case scenario, you keep him and he just he's your 30 million cap it. If you get rid of him this year, it's going to be like a hundred million in dead money. So like it's it's not doable, and it's not like he's the sole problem. Like, look, he want the whole retirement thing. Once upon a time, was because he was unhappy with his own power. I suppose within the organization that you know they didn't get him the wide receivers, yada yada yada, and then like he did get the power. So I think that. Um, kind of sorts them. If the, if Green Bay didn't think its future was Aaron was with Aaron Rodgers, you trade him last off season and you get a ton of picks. You don't wait until his market might be gone down a bit because he's not coming off two straight MVP seasons. Because you know the price will have gone down after this season because everyone will just like whether his play or not has declined. Teams will just be able to point to the numbers and make them work in their favor. So I think if they ever intended to getting rid of him, it would have happened last year. And um, he does turn thirty nine on Friday which is depending on when you uh, listen to this is either today, yesterday or tomorrow, I suppose. But I, I, I just don't see it. It's like at the end of the day, what happened with Jordan Love is they prematurely did a very smart move and they tried to protect their future because a lot of teams leave it too late to get their quarterback um, ready, the quarterback of the future ready. But at the end of the day, what did they get out of the first round pick? A quality backup quarterback that gives you a great safety net for the last few years. I think now that Christian Watson has been healthy, that you're able to see some signs of growth and you can see that offense kind of move. And at the end of the day, at 39 years old, Aaron Rodgers is one of these quarterbacks that is for the last few years said that he loves to take after, uh, look after his body just like Brady does Brady could be playing into his 46th year next year and Rodgers will just be 39 entering the seasons obviously so I just I just don't see it they have too big of a contract to eat and I mean it's Aaron Rodgers he's an absolute legend he could play for another few years and like where would he happily be traded to I mean maybe it's only the Jets obviously the Broncos and all these teams are out of play <laughs> the, the, the Seahawks go for Aaron Rodgers I just, I just don't see it Michael 
Michaela, it's really interesting because first off for me, I, I, I think the Packers will beat the Bears this weekend in Chicago, to be fair. The, the really interesting thing for fans in Ireland and international fans in general is the Packers obviously completed the set in London this year and went abroad for the first time ever and played internationally. It was a good game for the neutral, but it didn't end well for Green Bay. They, now Michaela, have a late bye. The bye is next week. That's a very, very late bye to end the season. You could four, a four-game stretch after that to try and get a run together. Um, the thing for me, Michaela, is potentially you've got the Rams week 14, sorry, week 15 there after the bye for the Packers on a Monday night. If they don't win this weekend and they do play Aaron Rodgers, I think then that is a time where you give Jordan Love those four games and, and you actually almost have that trial period where you can see exactly if he is the guy for this organization. I think I think that's important. I mean, I support a team at the minute where the quarterback's not playing well and there's a hell of a lot of money in, in, in behind that contract. You know, if I had a situation or if my team had a situation, it's the Broncos, in case you're listening, folks, um, had somebody that got in the backup, I'd like to see them play. Like, you, there's, there's no point. If you're not going to make the playoffs, what's the point? Um, what's your thoughts on this whole situation? And do you think the Packers are winning something? Um, I think I understand what Mark's saying about the money. They did give Aaron Rodgers a big contract. Obviously, he's like the, the reigning MVP and stuff. But the thing about Rodgers is that he brings a lot of unwanted attention to the Packers it's always drama like the most recent thing is he asked the Sean Kaiser if he believed in 9-11 like it like that's just like that is so disrespectful I think like he's just constantly drama surrounding this guy recently uh since especially since COVID I think that's kind of when it started happening and people just started disliking him um I think it's a good opportunity now for the Packers to play love because they kind of have the they could have the kind of excuse, oh, you know, Rogers, you know, he's questionable. Like I know we said that he has good scans, but we we all know players will say like they want to play, they'll play through anything. And um, so I think it'd be good for the Packers. All right, Rogers, we're going to rest you and we're just going to play love, like because it, it's the Bears. Like it's not like like a very tough team. Um, so I think you know they should just go at love for this game because like Rogers is a little banged up. So it's a good excuse to put in love and not kind of get a lot of backlash because they have a good excuse. It goes back to Mark. Uh, I guess we'll, we'll we will move on from this topic very quickly because we can talk about this for the next half an hour. But it goes back to that whole power dynamic, doesn't it? That Michaela's mentioned there. If you do start love, then Rogers will probably lose the head and the whole thing will just go mad. Yeah, no. And look, at the same time, it's like, well, if you're thinking of moving on from Aaron Rodgers because he's, you know, not your few well why don't you test him out in the last few games as well to see what he has now that he does have Christian Watson the offense might start to so there's kind of two sides to it I 100% agree with Michaela that like we all took a disliking and me included he was my number one wanted to watch quarterback until the COVID stuff came out and you're just you got too much like look the Pat McAfee thing if you're a fan of Aaron Rodgers has been the best thing in the world because you get him once a week he's able to get ahead of storylines like this and plant into the team's head he's like look I'm telling them that I'm healthy and I can play and I'm playing and I have the whole week. There's no, you know, mincing this straight the week. Oh, Aaron Rodgers questionable. Oh, he wasn't seen in the open part of practice. He got ahead of it and he said, I'm able to play. And he's basically saying, no, I don't want the Jordan Love. So exactly what you're saying there about if you were to play Jordan Love, would Aaron Rodgers be unhappy? Absolutely. And that's exactly why he went on to Pat McAfee and got ahead of this. 
Time will tell what happens at the time of recording. Let's jump into our next segment. Uh, going into week 13, just, and this can be a long or short answer. Uh, I'll start well, I'll start off. Who is the most under-the-radar team in the league so far? So this is maybe a discussion for week 9 or 10, but this is our first time doing this. And I think it's important because we only have four or five weeks left of the regular season after this. And I think some of the answers are going to be really, really interesting here. And I'm I, I'm sort of intrigued to hear what different people are going to say here. And I, I, I don't think that my answer really counts here because I'm picking the Bengals a 7-4. and four. Now, the reason I'm picking the Bengals a 7-4 under the radar, I'm talking about them being under the radar in terms of actually winning the whole thing. I think if you actually look at teams like the Chiefs and the Bills, um, especially in the AFC, I still think a lot of people will not give the Bengals a light of the day when the reality is, and we'll talk about Burrow in a bit, they have fixed a lot of the issues that they struggle with at the start of the season. And the really, really interesting thing for me is going down the stretch is potentially looking at how the Chargers are sitting six and five. How can they make a late run in into the wild card spots? Now they have made mistakes this year. Staley's come under a lot of pressure, but those would be the two teams for me that are under the radar. But are they really when they've both got winning records, Mark? What's what's your team if you had to pick one? No, I, I can only agree with you with the Bengals because they'd be my pick as well. Because look, in this NFL season where where you only can have, it seems, a winning record or a losing record, there's like there's no in between. There's no gray area where we expect the team to come from. The, the one team that could come from somewhere is Washington. And that started a couple of weeks ago and they're only going against the Giants. And it's like those teams have been you know built up so it's like when you look at the Bengals they're sitting at seven four seven four and what other teams are sitting at seven four you have the Ravens the Giants the Jets the 49ers and the Titans and it's like all those teams have had their moment in the sun at one stage or another where it's like the 49ers get McCaffrey it's the Ravens being the Ravens the Jets and Giants are the story of the NFL 2022 season that like the Bengals haven't had that moment. And it's like at the end of the day, within the AFC itself, they're third in total points scored or third in net points, whatever you want to look at it. And when you compare them to those seven or four teams, those teams are so reliant on individual guys, whether the, with the Giants, that's Barkley, with um, the Jets now, it had been Brees Hall, but obviously it's, they're all in Garrett Wilson. The Ravens is all about how Lamar Jackson plays. And then the Titans is Derrick Henry. I would then compare the Bengals more to the 49ers who have tons of talent and are seen as a legitimate threat because where you have Ayuk, Debo Samuel and McCaffrey with the Bengals you have on a bad day uh, P. Ryan, Tyler Boyd and T. Higgins or even Hayden Hurst and that's with Joe Mixon and Jamar Chase out. So, you know, when you're looking at an absolute explosive play, like no one is giving the Bengals any credit. You know, even in power rankings, they're always behind the Ravens in their division. They might be like a number eight in in, in power rankings. But when we're talking about there's such disparity between the elite teams and then those guys that are just lagging behind, the Bengals, certainly they lost some games this year. They lost the Bengals by a couple of points. They lost, I think, to... Let me see. I haven't. Yeah, they lost to the Cowboys and they did these to the Steelers. But in the same vein, they hammered the Jets by 15 points later on in the season. They hammered the Dolphins by 12 points this season. And then they beat the the Dolphins a couple of weeks ago, which, you know, the Dolphins are hanging in there. Or sorry, the Titans are hanging in there. So for me, I think that the Bengals aren't being given that, you know, elite status that they deserve. And I, I, I really enjoyed looking at them. And when we come to the playoffs, you need more depth than a whole offense going through one player. So I, I think it's hands down for me. The Bengals aren't getting enough dues. Let's look at the Bengals and the Chiefs in more detail for a later segment. That's a great game. 
coming up this weekend. Uh, somebody describing it as Manning Brady esque. Uh, we'll talk about that in a bit. Michaela, um, are you? I mean, we, we were all in the same boat with Jalen Hurts as as an MVP on the audio podcast as a welcome into this week. Um, what, what's your thoughts on a team being under the radar? Is there anyone that stands out to you? Maybe going into week thirteen of the season. I think the 49ers, um, like, I, you think the 49ers, I think, mediocre team, uh, just because of how they started. But then I'm like, wait, they have a 7-4 record. Like, that's pretty decent. Like, and then, like, I always think Jimmy G, I think when I think of the 49ers, I always think, like, they have that little bit of experience over some of, some of the other teams just because of Jimmy G and Kyle Shanahan and stuff like that. And they've obviously been to the Super Bowl recently. Um, I think they, I think they could be kind of like a dark horse, um, because like obviously, as Mark said, they have like Ayuk. I, I really like Ayuk. Like he's always, he's always like a good bet when you're seeing how who can get over their yardage. He's always a good one to go for. Um, they have McCaffrey. I'm surprised McCaffrey hasn't gotten injured yet with the 49ers, to be honest. Um. Well, I think that this is going to be a really important game for the Dolphins because if I think anyone could beat them, I think it could be the 49ers. And I think like they're just they're just like under I just can't believe they're seven and four. Like literally, because they just don't feel like a seven and four team. And so like I think they're the dark horse and I like they're not in like a like the best division either at the moment, but I think, you know, they could, you know, they might sneak into the playoffs if they win a couple of games. I have the Niners going to the Super Bowl in the NFC. Wow. Yeah. Uh, what? Um, yeah. Um, like, I'm not saying they're going to win it, but I, I have the Niners going. I think, yeah, like McCaffrey has wow. given them a, just a different edge. It's going to be really, really interesting. Um, yeah, let's, unfortunately, as a Broncos fan, let's jump on this next segment. Uh, now, you brought this one to the table, Michaela, but you know, I'll start mm. off as a Broncos fan here. Whew. Now, this is recorded on a Wednesday, and... The, the funny thing is there's so much happening here every week with, with Nathaniel Hackett. This is a, a segment or a preview on the on the Ravens and the Broncos. But, you know, realistically, could this be Hackett's last game in charge of the Broncos? And I think that's a relative statement to have. Like and I said this on a previous podcast this evening with a couple of Broncos mates saying that, you know, the Broncos are due a blowout loss here at some point. And they should have had it before the London game. They didn't. And they haven't won a game since. And I think that... If you look at the way in which the Ravens lost against the Jaguars last week, and some of the drop passes that were in the that were you know dropped in the, in the red zone by the Ravens wide receiver tight end core, I really think that the Broncos could be in for a drubbing this week. If it does happen, it makes you think, Mark, um, is this the end of the Faniel Hackett, or do you think the Broncos are in a situation where they're going to get to the end of the season? We are getting closer to that point now, so for the sake of four or five games, is there any point? But I think we can all agree. Well, for me, anyway, I, I'm taking the Ravens this weekend. But there's too much going on. you got the whole Mike Purcell, Russell Wilson situation. Reports of Russell Wilson losing their locker room. Reports as of the time of this recording that Russell Wilson had half the team at his birthday party yesterday. I mean, I'm, just get, I'm at the point now where I'm getting sick of this. And as a lad that was sitting saying, let's ride for the crack uh, in April of all these Broncos memes, I've got three Russell Wilson jerseys in, in my room next door to me here. So I'm really disappointed. But... Um, I'd like Hackett to go. I, I would expect him to be fired. I think any normal team would fire him. He, he was in that job before the Walton Penner family took over. Do you think he could lose his job this weekend? And look, the Ravens are going to be going all for Levermark this weekend against the Broncos. 
yeah, I, I don't know when when do you fire an NFL coach? Like, I, I just think it's difficult. I, I definitely think he's getting fired. Um, unless we want to refer back to our Aaron Rodgers talk and say, oh, is there someone else that you have your eye on and you want to bring in to test out as the head coach? But even look at the job Rich Versace did with the Las Vegas Raiders last year, and it didn't work out for him. So unless there's someone that you can elevate, look, it's been absolutely miserable. There's no fixing it now through the rest of the the year. Um, and w- what's bringing someone in for a win? Like, what's it even worth at this point? I suppose, like, the indictment is Melvin Gordon. Obviously, I know you as a, a Broncos fan will all know all about his fumbles, and originally that got, or eventually that is what got him waived last week. But, like, I just, I think there's no way out of this. Like, it is going to take a whole offseason. So, what's the point of five games? At least at the moment, you're able to, you know, unfortunately, you throw an Italian packet under the bus and the team can kind of keep some kind of cohesion because the, the skeleton of that uh, that whole team is going to remain next year. So it's like you don't need to be, you know, losing your head coach that you can, you know, scapegoat and, you know, it falling on Russell Wilson's shoulders and then it creates further divides. So I don't know is the answer because I'm the exact same as a Cardinals fan. I'm expecting news on Cliff Kingsbury, but I think that the owners will want to remain level-headed and do this on Black Monday come January. Like, I mean, unless like, there's no getting... um a foot up on the head coaching carousel and I mean I'm going to save that conversation for another day because it really is one like who are the the, the future head coaches like it's, they're all going to be tied up in the playoffs anyway Michaela what's the Republic of Ireland or sovereign equivalent of a P45 because in the north we get a P45 when you get fired and I, I think that Hackett could have a P45 this weekend I hope the Irish aren't going to kill me it is a P45 it probably, yeah, it probably is. Is. <laughs> thank, thank gosh. <laughs> is, it, is it a P45? It is. No, I know. Look we always you never got one. Obviously not. I'm the, so good at my job. I never get P45s. Um, yeah, no, I think this could potentially be Hackett's last rodeo. But I think, look at it. I think something to say, though. I, I think Wilson is a lot to blame for the performance and not just Hackett. Because like, I think Wilson is similar to Aaron Rodgers is that he brings drama to wherever he kind of goes. Like if you look at like the Seahawks willingly traded Russell Wilson and kept Pete Carroll. And I remember hearing that Pete wanted like a, like a run heavy offense. And like, obviously that really didn't really suit Russell Wilson. Cause like everyone's like, let Russ cook and all this stuff. But like, if you look at the Seahawks, they, they stuck with their head coach over the quarterback, like, and he went to the Broncos and now they're, you know, failing miserably. But I think the one thing I never liked about Wilson was that he seems to care more about his own image rather than winning. Um, obviously, I don't think that was the case when he won his first Super Bowl. But I think as he's gone on and kind of won the Walter, the Walter Payton Award, um, he's kind of more about his legacy. I've heard people say that before. He cares about his legacy a lot. Um, but one thing I think of, if the Broncos, say, traded for Baker Mayfield when he was on the trade block, would Hackett be considerably getting the boots? Like, he's only a year into his, like, role. So if he had gone with, say, Baker Mayfield over Russell Wilson or the Broncos had gone for some kind of, not average quarterback, but someone who doesn't have a higher, a high, like, a big 
basically star as Russell Wilson because like he's obviously a star in the NFL but was I would say was at this point um but if Hackett had a quarterback like Mayfield and they were in this position would Hackett possibly get another year be like okay we didn't trade for the best quarterback so maybe like you know Baker wasn't really playing well anyway so maybe it is kind of more the quarterback's fault and I I do actually think that if Hackett had gotten someone like Mayfield or someone like Jimmy G or something like that he would have potentially had another year but just because Russell is so big I do think Hackett I think if they if it's a blowout to the Ravens I think he should be gone yeah, I, I, I'd love to know your opinion on this, Michael, because there's been a serious amount of change at the head coaching position with the Denver Broncos out of the last few years. Obviously, um, Vic Fangio was the most recent one before Nathaniel Hackett. Vance Joseph, who's with uh, you guys now in the Cardinals. Yeah. Who, who, and I think actually Vance Joseph is running an excellent defense and everyone knows that Vic Fangio is out of his defense. Uh, who, if not if you were to have one back, but it's like, are these the rawest feelings you've had about the head coach that it's like he is the one that you definitely would not have back? Yeah, and I was actually going to come back to what Michaela said there, so to even interlink it here, I agree. I do think Russell Wilson is not the player he was. I think that team he had with the Seahawks that won the Super Bowl was era-defining, incredible team to watch on both sides of the ball, even on special teams, for God's sake. But <laughs> Hackett was brought in to get Aaron Rodgers. And it's quite clear that he's out of his depth. Like, I've seen it in person in London. The man couldn't string a sentence together at some points. Like, it was awful to watch. Like, the silence in the locker room, or not the locker room, the silence in the press room whenever he was trying to explain something was like, lads, like, this is insane. Like, this guy's an NFL head coach. Uh, That being said, I fully agree. I think Russell Wilson brings, obviously, he brings a lot of uh, sort of, more eyes to the conversation maybe outside of an NFL world and maybe too much pressure on certain players and there was a high level of expectation this year for this team uh, it, he has not performed to the level I do believe that they need to get somebody in that's worked with him before or has worked with him in, in an offense that he feels more comfortable with because it's not working I do genuinely believe that if the Broncos do have to get a new head coach this offseason that they need to go for somebody with experience of being in a head coaching position that has worked relatively well what i say is somebody like don quinn i don't know but i do not want the broncos going out and getting the rookie head coach again they need to bring somebody in that's going to benefit russell wilson and there is no reason why wilson can't take six to eight months here after the season work with somebody and become a better player because he's got it in him it's just about trying to find that whole different situation. Sure, half the coaching staff of the team at the minute are in either in their first job or they were in high school jobs two years ago. It's it's messed up, so it's pretty crazy. And you can tell, by the way, I'm talking about this, that I could just talk about this all day, so I'm just going to move on. I'm going to move on. Take the uh, take the counter sort of situation here. Uh, moving on, however, uh, Giants. Yeah, New York Giants. They've had an interesting start to the year. When I say interesting start, we're going to the week 13 of the NFL season. Seven and four. They've lost their last two games. Um, and I guess sort of the, the, the main talking point here is this, this is a huge game for the Giants and the Commanders this Sunday. They really are struggling, Mark, to offer more than Saquon Barkley as an option on, on this offense. Obviously, you've got notable injuries. You're losing Daniel Ballinger. It's really disrupted the chemistry in this offense. Um, the thing for me about the Giants was, and I said this a few weeks ago, they were blitz, blitz, blitz heavy on the defense with 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 Wink Martindale, and it worked for the first few weeks of the season. And what Brian Dable has been able to do with his team 
with the limited resources available to him and with Daniel Jones, who has improved, but he's not like the next level quarterback that you need. What what did what, what the Giants have been able to do in that window is remarkable. But you know, they're going up against the Commanders team on Sunday, who have been superb at defending the run against teams with good run games. So even if Barkley does try to have a game, the commanders have experience of stopping them. And frankly, this is going to be a very interesting or good test for the Giants this weekend. And I'm intrigued to sort of have your thoughts around this Giants team and, and what you think of this game going into the weekend. Oh, I think it's really important. I do not have who I picked in front of me, whether it's the Giants or Commanders. And, I, I, you know, that's such a coin flip as well because, you know, it can go either way. Like, the Commanders are super hot and you have to give credit to the defense. And that's what I think is going to be the problem with the Giants this week because, like, I was begging. And I mean, I like, all I wanted to see in the NFL was someone absolutely honing in on defending against Saquon Barkley in week 11 that's what the Lions did and people don't give the Lions run defense any credit because it's like it was ranked 31st in the NFL going into that game it was ranked 32nd in the NFL going into the Green Bay Packers game and everyone thought that Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon were going to run all over them and it's like it hasn't happened when the Lions have one assignment and it's a focus on a rusher they they're able to defend against them and in that game I think it was 15 carries 22 yards one and a half yards per rush by Saquon Barkley and thinking oh well here we go this is the formula that we all wanted to be put out there for other teams to try and do and then we saw the same happen last week against the Cowboys they followed up on Thursday night on on Thanksgiving to do the same thing against Saquon Barkley I had the numbers here in front of me he had 11 carries for 39 yards Uh, Brightwell and Breida combined for another 37 on seven carries so it's that you know, when you're able to defend against Saquon Barkley and you're forcing Daniel Jones into, you know, explosive plays when he doesn't have that wide receiver court, it's what was, you know, glaring going into the London game. And that was what week four or five that that's all we kind of wanted to see. And it's like whatever the defense does, it's it's going to be on. It's like what the, is happening with the Jets. It's like the defense can do whatever, but if the offense can't get going, it can't get going. So it's like I saw a stat there that in the four losses that the Giants have had they haven't rushed over 90 yards so I know that is part of the thing that if you're ahead you're going to be rushing the ball more and all that but at the same time they've rushed 21 times 26 times 28 times against Dallas Detroit and Seattle when they've lost it's like they just haven't been able to get it going so I think when you know that would have been their strength going into the playoffs obviously would have been the rushing game they don't have that anymore and it's not something that you can scheme out of now i was interested watching the other day what would happen i guess they're playing more pony personnel pony personnel if you're not familiar with it it's like it's not just straightforward um two running backs you know in the backfield it's two running backs on the field and it's kind of you know trying to find a way to get your best players open so you know like they don't have a, a ton of talent so if they can line up Saquon Barkley somewhere different and you think that you're defending the run game in Matt Breida and then that opens up Saquon Barkley um, they are obviously trying but I think the problem with that is and everyone was talking about it that Saquon Barkley was getting overused through the first few weeks of the season and that he was going to get tired and worn out and I hate to lean into that narrative but maybe it is that that it's like you know the, the legs aren't turning as fast as they needed to be and when everything relies on him and it's like it just shuts down Daniel Jones running as well and to be honest I'm glad to see it because I'd love to see if the Giants can get out of it then they're deserving of their playoff spot and deserving of their record but until they're able to overcome that against you know they have some tough teams that they're going to have to play against obviously against Washington the, the Eagles twice I don't think the Giants fans are as confident now as they were two weeks ago 
Mikhail and Mark makes a great point there about sort of deserving them being in the playoffs. Um, I think, as I've said about what Dables has done, is is superb. I love the way that Saquon Barkley has been able in the first few weeks of the season to shut people up and come back. He's had a, he's had a really, really rough few years, but do you agree with that narrative where he might be like the energizer bunny and he might be starting to run out of fuel with, the, with, with just with the batteries and maybe he needs a few weeks off? Or What's your thoughts? Yeah, you have to remember that um, Barkley has gone through a good few injuries the last few years. Um, I, I think personally for me, it got to the point where I'm kind of like, is he is his body just giving up on him? Like maybe he's just he won't be that elite player we saw like his rookie season. But he's he's started the year like tremendously, and I'm so happy for him because he he's like a lovely guy. Like when you follow him on social media, like he's he's a he's a great um role model. But yeah, I do agree with Mark that they are overusing him. Um, and especially, you know, like I said, he's been injured so much that like they need to kind of hit the brakes a little bit and kind of like give him a bit of like a breather. Like obviously still use him in the games, but not so reliant on him. Like you have to remember, I think like do people forget that the Giants give Kenny Galladay a $72 million contract and he has 50 yards for the season. 50 yards that's atrocious he's, he's robbing a living like i think he's good but they're just not utilizing them like and like obviously the giants didn't pick up um daniel jones 50-year option um so like I, it's kind of hard to say like are, if the giants kind of go into the playoffs are they gonna stick with daniel jones and stuff like that but then again if they do stick with him i'm kind of like yeah, Barkley's playing well, but then you also have this seventy-two million dollar receiver who has fifty yards in like week thirteen. Like you're gonna have to get a quarterback who can do both, like who can has good like connect like a good connection with the running back, but also with the receivers. Um, yeah, I think uh, to me they the Giants have felt like they've slowed down. They started off red hot and they're just kind of like stuttering now a little bit. Um. But yeah, I think uh, I don't think Daniel Jones is the answer. I think he, he he can't obviously can't throw the ball that well. I guess like sometimes he's good, and then sometimes he's just like ugh. Like and who can ever forget him tripping that time when he had like a for sure touchdown? He tripped over himself. Um, yeah, but they're they're definitely using Barkley too much. They need to kind of cut back and see if they have a, even a little spark with Jones and some of his receivers. Um, but if they, I, I, I think they're gonna kind of stutter towards the end. They'll limp into the playoffs if they make the playoffs. I think the Commanders are probably gonna beat them this week. I have the Commanders winning as well, and Mark has the Commanders winning as well. More picks at the end of a broadcast. Yeah, I feel like we can go into like a deep dive in Daniel Jones. I think the Giants fans, the Giants fan base, have been deserving of the season that they've got so far. You know, they've been through an awful lot to get to this point. So hopefully for them, they get. A few weeks of happiness, but yeah, I don't want to start talking about Daniel Jones because I'll be here all day if I do. Uh, let's um, let's jump into the penultimate topic this weekend, and don't worry, we'll we'll talk about Odell next week. Giants fans, who who knows what's going to happen there at the time of recording? And um, we've got a really really good game on Sunday. We've got the Bengals going up against the Chiefs. It's in the late window at nine twenty five in Ireland. I'm presuming the game is on television in Ireland. I will confirm that in the comments. And um, it's it's really interesting because after what was a really sort of tough start to the season. Joe Burrow has led this team into contention. And you have to argue he is now, and we've said this on our first podcast, that he is 
playing like an MVP candidate. Can he average that out over the next few last few weeks of the regular season? And it's funny because um, Tyler Boyd compared uh, the, the game this Sunday as like Manning against Brady. It's like what it's it's only the third time that Burrow and Mahomes are actually meeting. Um, so Burrow's 25, Mahomes is 27. So you're, you're going to see these guys go up against it for the next 10, hopefully 10, 15 years. Um, Joe Burrow came out this week, Mark and Michaela saying that he expects Jamar Chase to play, saying uh, we'll see how it goes the rest of the week. So, you know, that obviously does play a lot into it. And I know we, it's hard to make a pick or to make to give your suggestion if you're recording on a Wednesday. But, um, you know, Chase hasn't played since that win over the Falcons in week seven. And the Bengals, for me, Mark, have, you know, done really, really well in the line. The line looks a lot better in terms of their protection. Um, they're 27th in pressure rate. They're third in the league in rush EPA per play. They are getting there. Joe Burrow has been given the space to make his plays. If... Jamar Chase plays and if Joe Burrow and the line hold up I am taking the Bengals to upset the Chiefs this weekend and frankly I think it's going to be a hell of a game but I think with the game being in Cincinnati that could be the X factor but I'm I'm, I'm all in on this on this whole Burrow bus for the rest of the season this is going to be a hell of a game on at the weekend yeah there's kind of two things to it like if Jamar Chase and Joe Mixon are back and they lose then you know it creates that narrative going into the playoffs that you kind of don't want they oh you are on full strength but one way or another it's kind of a win-win for the Bengals because at least they'll be able to come back and say oh yeah well those guys weren't fully healthy and you know maybe they don't even play in this game whereas if they do go and win it's like it's a it's a confident shot on on the line this week that whoever is able to come away with this game like I'm not going to say you don't want to put too much on paper. Um, I don't think the Bengals are in a position to do that as they chase the AFC North. The the Chiefs maybe somehow can do that because, you know, they definitely have the AFC West. I think there's even clinching scenarios in place for the AFC or for the, for the, for the, um, for the different teams for the Chiefs. So I, 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 I'm excited to see it if those players play. But what I kind of want to see from the Chiefs is I know their run game is kind of developing now that Clyde edwards helaire has been put onto IOR. So Isaiah Pacheco is after taking over that uh, that number one running back position. I know coming into the season, a lot of people were excited about him, whether it was fantasy or real life. And he has kind of started to, you know, produce more. Look, in December, that's especially important. Um, I do know that obviously they have, who do they have behind him? Jared McKinnon and even Rondell Jones is on that roster as well. So I'm excited to see what kind of, you know, what they can kind of add in Kansas City to the offense, which has been the most explosive in the NFL so far this year. So I'm kind of thinking maybe they hold that card in their back pocket for a few more weeks that we won't get to see how this is going to change as we get into the playoffs. And maybe that's not going to go in the Bengals' favor, that they're going to have to put all the the chips on the table, whereas the Chiefs won't. Um, In terms of who wins it, yeah, I think it's an absolute coin toss. I think that the line... The betting line isn't as favorable to the Bengals, and I know we talked some about them at the top of the show, so we don't need to really go into it again. But like, Kansas City is flying flying on all cylinders. I think the Bengals, though, because like we we're saying that they're under the radar, that a win here is kind of massive for them, and you know the game as a whole is massive to them because. Do they want the headlines or not? I think it's kind of unfair what's going on with them because last year, it's like we almost got bored of this whole narrative of, oh, the Bengals are good and now we're not giving them credit. But like if Jamar Chase comes back into that offense, it's like, he's, like I would rather watch that uh, Cincinnati Bengals offense than the Bills at the moment. 
oh there's your instagram real moment or tiktok real moment that's Yikes. really interesting <laughs> at the time of recording juju's sick so michaela this is a this is a toss-up on sunday as far as i'm concerned burrow is it's really playing in himself last few weeks isn't it yeah i think like i think the bengals didn't start off well this season um and burrow is obviously in kind of the talks for the MVP uh, race, so he's obviously you know playing well, back to kind of doing what we know he can do, and then obviously Jamar's been out a good few weeks, so like if he comes back, like it's just hopefully like it's just going to be you know that lightning in a bottle thing. Um, but they are like the their connection is just probably is like unbelievable. It's probably the best in the NFL between quarterback and wide receiver, and that's probably because they're at LSU together and won the national championship, but. I just I can't see them. I think they bounce back really well. Um, I don't really see them beating the Chiefs though, because you know, obviously Mahomes is favorite to win the MVP, probably him and Jalen. Um, so and he obviously has Travis Kelsey. I was actually sitting here and I was like, Patrick Mahomes has like how many touchdowns thrown touchdowns like 26 and i'm like who is he throwing the ball to because it's like who is this? i think juju only has four touchdowns and he's probably like his top receiver and i, I forgot about kelsey for a moment because obviously kelsey's a tight end and i was like who is he throwing the ball to for all these touchdowns but um obviously their connection's unbelievable as well um yeah no i think i do think the the chiefs are gonna win i think the bengals just won't have enough power to keep them go keep them going to keep them beaten to keep the, them to beat the chiefs that is um i think they'll probably bounce back next week um but i don't see the, the chiefs losing um i think it'll, i think it'll probably be a, a touchdown game the chiefs will probably win by a touchdown yeah, I think like for for any neutral, as long as the game's half decent to watch, that's what we want in that late window on Sunday. So let's see what happens. Enjoy the game if you are watching it. Um, Patrick that's Mahomes. On, that's on Sky Sports, Michael. You're asking. So for Game Pass users, it is going to be blacked out, but it is going to be obviously on Sky Sports National TV as far as Ireland's concerned. Boom. And there's also radio, which I'm going to tweet out the weekend. You can If you are somehow in your car and you've got 4 or 5G, there is radio on TalkSport, which you can get on the app as well if you're in the Republic or DAB if you're in the North. So yeah, feel free to listen in and let us know your thoughts on Twitter at NFL Ireland if you are watching the games this weekend. Uh, right. Last thing to talk about before we get our picks ahead of week 13 of the NFL season is the situation in Tampa Bay. Um, Tampa Bay run riot in well, didn't run riot, but they had a good, you know, a good performance. Apart from Brady falling on his hole two or three weeks ago in Munich, that me and Mark were at, and um, that was incredible. But um, just a general vibe from the Bucks in the first press conference on the Thursday in Munich to the last press conference, it seemed genuinely like Todd Bowles felt a lot more comfortable about this team, and he felt more at peace going into the bye week. They then go and lose last week and i think more so and it goes into this whole topic here mark about mike evans and, and tom brady and um, it's really really interesting since that carolina game in week seven when the bucks were atrocious and people were literally questioning brady's career at that point you know and do you remember that i mean that that was insane and um, brady has only targeted mike evans 49 times they have connected for a catch in only 27 of those, which goes to a rate of 55%. That is lower than all of two of Evans' seasons in the NFL, 2015-2017. Do we have an issue outside of this in Tampa Bay with Tom Brady and his production? 
what are your thoughts around the whole Mike Evans situation, the whole Tampa Bay situation? They they go into a game against the Saints on Monday night that they simply have to win. It's a huge game now for them Monday night. Yeah, and look, Tom Brady's best friend has not been the Saints since he moved into the NFC South, um, and he has had those losses. And I think that my pick was originally to go for the Saints because like they have struggled. Look, I picked against the books the other day against the Browns and I, I didn't think it was a question even though the, the books were the favourite in that game it was like they, they haven't shown us anything in the last few weeks like they got across Seattle in an emotional game in Munich the week before that they needed like seconds remaining on the clock to get across the LA Rams who are not good it's like I don't think any it's all been fixed in the books I think in my own power rankings they're quite high because I expect them to win that division but I mean this defence from the Saints you know what you don't know what version of it's going to show up but if it's the wrong one for the books they could like struggle mightily in this game i think the mike evans uh season is on mike evans look we've become used to him what was it like eight seasons nine seasons in a row with a thousand yards receiving that like he was just so automatic but whenever that drop happened what three four weeks ago for mike evans i just think it showed like i don't think it's that he's not zoned in but there's obviously a chemistry lacking and i think look it's it's very easy to always put it back on the the head coach and you know i hate leaning into that but whatever magic that bruce arians had he had it with the cardinals before the books and before he retired he had it with that colts the season that he filled in for a sake chuck pagano and he won coach of the year that like brady was the one that obviously forced bruce arians out and you know they said that it was because of you know a different way of liking to do things with Bruce Arians, but his mantra has been to what treat them mean, keep them keen. And now that's the wrong saying altogether, but it's basically it's love them when they need to be loved and then be tough on them when it time needs to be tough. Todd Bowles obviously wasn't able to do that in New York. I think it's catching up to him again this year. I think that things are going off the rails and he is there to coach a defense and he doesn't quite have the offense. It's funny that Byron Leftwich has seemingly done himself out of a, a head coaching position now next year. It's like there's no word on, on his offense. But it's like there's struggles all around, but I think chemistry and whatever goes along with it is there, or sorry, is, is not there. And I, I don't think it's on Tom Brady. I know people will say, oh, yeah, he's he's passed, whatever. I don't think it's quite there. I think he is an excellent game manage, manager. It's like when we're watching the World Cup and Jordan Henderson is on the field and you're able to see what he does for, um, he's like an extra manager, an extra captain out there. I still think that Tom Brady has that. I think he is at least able to keep players accountable. I think it's the strangest thing in the world what's going on with Mike Evans, but I think it's a Mike Evans problem. Interesting on Mike Evans and interesting on Jordan Henderson as well as a United fan. <laughs> Michaela, um, what's your thoughts on this Evans situation? Is it is this something that can be picked up over the next few weeks? This, like the Bucks have to win this on Monday night. There, there is no other way about it. Yeah, they definitely have to win it to keep your know the play playoffs alive. Um, especially for Brady, just wants to win a Super Bowl every year as every player does. But it's it's I don't know it could be a mix of things like last year they were great the year before that they won the Super Bowl so to me I'm like well, what's the difference to, there's obviously two differences Bruce Arians is gone um so I think it could be a Todd Bowles issue but then also Brady I know Brady's probably the greatest of all time but I think people have to remember that he's only human and he's obviously going through a difficult personal thing right now so maybe is that affecting his play or his chemistry or his love for the game a little bit like it could be I think it's either the head coach situation Tom Brady situation or maybe a mix of both um I always I always think every team has like like one of like 
their dodgy or their bogey team for Liverpool, it's Napoli. Napoli always seem to beat Liverpool in the Champions League every time we play them. And for the Buccaneers and Tom Brady, it's the Saints for some reason. Um, but I do, like I said, I will never bet against Brady. So I do think the Buccaneers have to, have to win this game if they want to push for a playoff spot. They're lucky that the NFC South is such a bad group this year. Um, but like they've lost to the Panthers, and I don't like. But I do think they will beat the Saints. They have to beat them. Let's 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 jump into the last segment here. Picks. Very very quick segment just to talk about this. You were talking about the Bucks, Michaela. You're going for the Bucks. I'm going for the Bucks. Mark is going for the Saints. So it, interesting to start it off already. Uh, Thursday night football. Uh, we're all on the Bills, and we're all on the Packers to beat the Bears. The Falcons playing the Steelers. Michaela's got the Steelers. Mark has got the Falcons, and uh, we're all on the Ravens. I think. Yes, to win. Yes, we are indeed. I'm reading this off a sheet, and there's going to be a proper thing on the screen here. Uh, I guess ju- just to jump on the picks that we've made, folks. Um, in terms of the one, like in terms of any standout that I have, um, I you know the the one for me this weekend is I've got the Chargers beating the Raiders. I've got the Bengals beating the Chiefs as the standouts. Any ones from your picks, starting with you, Mark, that, that you think is uh, sort of the standout pick for you this week? Yeah, I suppose I've highlighted there which ones we've kind of changed on. And I guess I've gone for the Raiders over the Chargers because I think that the Raiders are, you know, they're they're, fris- they're frisky as hell at the moment. And watching the Chargers, I just don't know how they're getting across the line. They were my preseason Super Bowl pick. And it's just, I just don't believe them. 15 seconds remaining until they beat the Cardinals the other day. And I just, it's funny to see how they're able to get across the line. It's like, the Raiders, on the other hand, have been hard done by, and it's kind of like you're hoping that at home they're able to get across the line. They are playing better. Josh Jacobs it seems to be, I'm not going to say it's him being hot and cold. It might be game, how they, they're utilizing him. But between himself and Devontae Adams, they have two of the top 10 players at their position in the league. So it it's beggar's belief why they aren't able to be more successful. And then I will kind of just jump on the lines over the Jags, just because the Jags are, so hot last week and we're all kind of praising them that we obviously are all still leaning into the Detroit Lions or uh, another one of those risky teams that can beat the Jags yeah Michaela I'm, I'm taking the Lions as well is there anybody that you're sort of looking at this week on the picks that we haven't mentioned um yeah probably the commanders and the Giants and I would have I would have said the Lions and the, the Lions and the Jags but you both kind of stole that one so I'll go with someone else uh, the 49ers and the Dolphins um Again, I said earlier in the podcast that like the 49ers, I can't believe the 49ers are seven and four. And um, to me, they're just they just feel like a mediocre team. But I think I actually saw something today, an article someone had written, and they were like, the 49ers are probably the most talented group in the NFL at the moment. I don't agree with that, but um, it, it's obviously somewhat true that because they're seven and four, they're going up against an eight and three team. Um, I'd say I think people may think. The Dolphins could beat them because, you know, Tua's hot at the moment. He's in the MVP race. Tyreek Hill's having a great uh, season. But I think I always, I don't know, I always get this feeling that Jimmy G and his, um, like I said earlier, his experience always can can win games like that. Um, so I think that could be a good game. And then obviously the Commanders and the Giants is a big game. The Giants should probably win it because they're like a hot team. They're like playoff contenders. You think about the Commanders, everyone's just kind of like meh. But the Commanders are the only team to beat the Eagles. So surely they can beat the Giants. 
Time will tell. It Full might, house like, on the and the story there with the the 49ers and Dolphins is really interesting as well. Obviously, he came from the 49ers last year. It's, it's like the standout games this week are, you know, some like football level kind of, but we're, we're just spoiled this week. Really, we are. Time will tell what the matches are. I, I I agree with you. There's some like it's good that we've got a better late window this week. Let, let's just put it that way. But if you are enjoy, if you are watching the games this week, um, do enjoy the action in week 13 of the season. We we really appreciate you listening or watching this first broadcast with myself, Mark, and Michaela. It's 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 been really really good crack, and I really appreciate it. And I want to thank everybody over the last few days for their love and their support online it's been great crack and it's been great chatting to you as well folks and it's great to see the um, the irish nfl scene sort of expand online as well so i uh, definitely appreciate it i'll drop everybody's socials in the bio for the podcast and on the youtube video i will ask folks if you are listening to this please do like share subscribe give us give us some feedback do leave a review and um, if you are active on tiktok twitter um, in instagram youtube please do follow us wherever you are active it's nfl ireland as a username search pro football ireland and you will find us but for now uh, i'll see you in a few days i'll see you too very soon and thanks so much folks